saying. So, Book of Luke, chapter 23. We are so full spiritually with the blessing of, you know, um, the word of life. And then uh, we will um, finish it up all today. And uh, with us, with this um, message this afternoon, I hope that we go out there, uh, we have the full assurance of the forgiveness of our sins. And this full assurance of the forgiveness of our sins can also be the full assurance and forgiveness of sins of those people who are not saying it. So that is, um, um, however it is, you know, um, attracted you in your heart and impressed upon you, um, the Word of God um, that enabled your soul to run to the Lord for salvation, um, we, are, we are praying that the same thing will happen to those people um, that are not saved yet. Those people who are maybe your loved ones, maybe your friends, maybe your relatives. Luke chapter 23. I'm thinking of reading from verse number 29 to 44, but um, I'm contemplating of um, extending it starting from verse 34. 34 to 44. So I'll write, read that, follow with your eyes. It's all stand, please. It's all stand, and um, I will read, follow with your eyes. The Bible says from Luke chapter 23, verse number 34 to verse number 44, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers um, also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him. Um, coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, If thou be king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hand railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God? seeing thou art in the same condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man had done nothing amiss. And he said unto, unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Um, verse 44, And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. So remember that sixth hour is twelve noon. Ninth hour is three afternoon. So from twelve to three, there was darkness all over the earth. And that is the time of Jesus Christ's time. It's power to pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the uh, conclusion of our Sunday worship. Thank you, Father, that um, we are still here and um, lots of people also are still here to. Uh, complete this day, Lord, and uh, it is our prayer that you will um, send us home with uh, renewed commitment, send us home, Lord, with renewed strength spiritually, that we may be able to uh, face the days um, ahead and, uh, and uh, uh, future and uh, things, Lord, that you want us to do. Uh, bless, Lord, um, the, the culmination of this camp. And thank you for the people that, that, that remain, and thank you, Lord, for the people that came for our camp. I pray that uh, you will, uh, Lord, be glorified, and also um, not just even today, but even in the future, Lord, that we will always uh, um, 
lift you up in our in our lives, in our midst. Bless our church and continue to work in the hearts of your people. Bless the spouses also today and help me, Lord, as I deliver your word. Cover me with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And allow, Lord, that um, it is the Lord Jesus Christ that will be magnified in all these things. We commit to you, Lord, our service. We praise you in Jesus' name. Pray. Amen. Please be seated. And uh, this is um, kind of um, like shifting here from, from the word of life, although this is just uh, part of the most important thing here is that the word of the Lord Jesus Christ promising to this man um, forgiveness of his sins. He, he's not saying that you are forgiven, but he's saying that today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So the Lord has promised this uh, word to a sinner that is beyond imagination. I do not know what sin exactly that he has done, but uh, they are crucified there because of the notoriety of their sin, because of the gravity. And these two people, they are best in the society. You you cannot, you know, by any chance, they will just rob your thing, rob your thing, and if you complain, they will kill you easily. And, and these, these are the kind of people that they have no part of the society, they have no um, uh, place in in the community because uh, they are just like um, um, going to they, they look around the houses and then oh this 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 house only this old woman is here and then of course you know the old woman will complain and then they will just kill the person and then move to the next victim and that is the way they live their lives and they're just for themselves they're just you know this thievery and this stealing and, and, and killing sometimes it's because of their own flesh they just want um, in their own need, they want they want to eat good food. They want to to have a lot of money, but they don't want to work for that. They want it easy money. They want it, you know. They just want it to come into their hands um, by by all means, by whatever reasons, or by whatever means that they can reach into their hands. If it means that they have to kill someone, they have to kill someone in order for the money to reach into their hands. That is how they are, and that is why they are there. The cross. They are uh, uh, gross sinners. And they are uh, people that, you know, they don't deserve to be in the society because uh, they are so selfish. Now, uh, in this passage, uh, the title to, uh, to this afternoon is Today in Paradise. Wow, what is a, the beauty there of, you know, the promise of the Lord? Remember, this is not promised to the righteous. This is not promised to people, simple people like you and me. Uh, we are uh, kind of people who are um, naturally, we want fairness, we want just justice. We want to work and pay me with my labor and that's okay. And, and if, if, if you work for me, then I will pay your labor, that is okay. But these people are not. So these people, they, they, they don't care laws, they don't care about what other people's feelings, they do not, we do not know how many, how many wives um, became widows because of their crime. And we do not know how many um, widowers, because of the crime of these people, they are pests, really, literally, they are pests in the society. But again, um, digging into this, we have a God that is a God of justice, and I do not know how it's going to um, judge all these people. But here, the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the God of all grace, came about and met these people, these two malefactors, these two people um, that he had met there at the cross. And the previous to this, he said, 
before before verse 39, in verse number 34 to, to verse number 38, the Lord Jesus Christ asked God the Father to forgive, forgive, Father, forgive them. Forgive these people, forgive those people that hurt him, forgive, for, forgive those people that lack off his beard, for, forgive those people that, you know, um, nailed him to that cross. For, uh, he asked God for forgiveness, and I cannot believe it. How can you forgive people like that who has done um, uh, wrong things to you? Can you forgive this kind of people? I can. But the good thing, I got God, the Lord Jesus Christ is a forgiving God. He said, Father, forgive them. You know, what, what's really the impact of this action of the Lord Jesus? When he said, Father, forgive them, the impact of this, my friend, is whatever people may do to us, as God has forgiven us, we can also forgive them. That is the ultimate, you know, impact of God's forgiveness for the sinners. That is why whatever people may have done to you, as also we have done something wrong to God and God has forgiven us, we also have to forgive others. It's, it's in Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse number, verse number 32. Ephesians 4, 32. It said, And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Remember that God, Jesus Christ, has forgiven you. Remember that. Do, do not slip that out of your mind. Instill that in your, in, your, in your head. Remember that all the time. That God has forgiven you. Not because of you. Not because you are good. Not because you ask for forgiveness. You are forgiven not because, you know, you are part of the church. You are forgiven not because you are deserving that forgiveness. You are only forgiven for Christ's sake. Yep. Nothing more. Yep. Nothing more. Without Christ, there is no way that we can have, we can be forgiven of our sins. Yep. My friend, the sins of the world is a done deal. That is it. The payment of sin is death. That's it. That's what God wants. It's in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. That's done. Finish. That is what God wants. You sin, you pay the price. For the soul that sinned, it shall die. For the wages of sin is death. But here comes Christ. That changed that all away and put forgiveness there yeah. and you know allow the payments of sin to still go on to still go through for the payment of all that sin but it was in his own body it was in his own body because God cannot no one will get saved if, we, if God will allow the payment of sin upon your own body my own body not one of us will get saved. And the only way that there can be salvation is the perfect, sinless, spotless, blameless Son of God. Yep. To die on the cross. Yep. To pay for the penalty of our sins. 
is there, my friend. Because of Christ, we are forgiven. See, no matter, no matter what happens, no matter what we do with our sins, even if you allow yourself to die on a cross also, just like the way Jesus Christ died on the cross, you will die on that same death, death on the cross. Still, your sin will be accounted for on your own account until the Lord Jesus Christ will take it away from you. But, not just taking it away from you and throw it into, you know, into the air and, 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 and cast it into the deep sea. No, it's not that way. He took it away from you and put it upon his own body and agonized the pain. He suffered the pain. It is not free. The forgiveness of sins is not free to him. It is free to us. We receive Jesus Christ. Thank God. You know, we are happy. We are so blessed that we don't have to pay for the penalty of our sins, but someone paid it with a dear price. The Lord Jesus Christ. That is why all, you know, why, why can't you see why Jesus Christ asked God to pass it from him? Why is it, Father, if thou wilt take this cup from me? And why, why he cried at the cross? Why he agonized for that sin? And in fact, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter, chapter 4, if I'm not mistaken, Ephesians chapter 4, and notice here what he did to that sin. When sin lands upon his own flesh, when sin lands upon his own body, he went to hell. Stayed there for three days and three nights so that to pay for that sin. We are supposed to be the one to go to hell, but because we are sinners, we cannot get out from hell. But Jesus Christ, because he committed no sin, he did no sin, so, but he, the sins that he took upon his own um, body uh, are the sins of the people, not himself. So therefore, he took it unto the place in the lower parts of the earth. And then there, because he has no sin of his own, he went out after three days. Notice that. I think it's in 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number um, verse number 9, verse number 8. And wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, even to the third heaven, that he might feel all things. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ covered everything. When it comes to pain, oh, no one can parallel the pain of the Lord Jesus Christ. When it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to hunger, I believe no one can parallel his hunger when, when he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a great, oh, I, I tell you, I tried fasting for three days. I, I struggled. Even the 24 hours fasting, I struggled. It's so hard. It's so, you know, the, 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 the pain of Hunger is just too much. But the Lord Jesus Christ endured it all for 40 days, 40 nights. 
he endured it. So he suffered the 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 most painful hunger. He suffered it. He suffered also uh, when it comes to loneliness. Oh, there's no loneliness like that of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He never experienced being away from God the Father. They've been together for all eternity. They've been together. But in that moment, that three hour span of time, from midday, from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, three hours there, God the Father departed from him. And when God the Father departed from him, it was the most, it was the loneliest of all lonely. And I'm telling you, my friend, a lot of people right now, they do not understand why they're so lonely. They do not understand it. But Jesus Christ understands loneliness. When God will depart from you, it's very lonely. Those people that go to hell, oh, it was so lonely. It's not the, it's not the pain of the fire, the flame. It's not that. It's a painful thing. It's a painful fire, I believe. That's the, the, the hottest fire of all. That is not the greatest, you know, pain that the person will experience. The greatest pain the person will experience when he is, you know, separated from his God for all eternity. Because Jesus Christ experienced three hours. He experienced three hours without God, the Father, with him. And he cried there. When, when did the Lord Jesus Christ cry? When, when he was nailed on that cross? No, it was painful, but no, he did not cry on that. When he was stripped like of that cattle nine tails, you know, the, 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 the um, Romans um, um, weaponry there to afflict the victim? The Jews would believe that the 40th strike, the person would be killed. So they saved one. So 39 strikes is okay. But do not reach 40 because that will kill the person. But Roman soldiers, they have no, they don't believe that. They will just strike and then eat. But they're so, you know, masterful in that, that um, the, the cat of nine tails is a, is a, is a, a leader strap. And that at the tip of that, there are nine like um, um, tongues of that leader. And at the tip of that leader, a touch are bones, broken bones or, or broken glass. And that, um, that when they strike into the body, it twirl around and then bite the, to, the, uh, to the skin and into the uh, flesh. And then, whoa, the, this Roman soldier is so master, they just pull it like that. And it's like it's like um, you know a, a cat's claws, you know, stripping the flesh of the victim. That is why it is called cattle nine tails. And again, the Lord Jesus Christ did cry when he was um, scourged. It was the scourging, one of the the meanest. Uh, you know, uh, punishment uh, applied and um, um, employed by the Roman soldiers is scourging. The Lord Jesus Christ experienced scourging. Before the cross, he was scourged. He did not cry. And you see, the only time that the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, cried the bitterest of cry, when God the Father, when there was darkness. Because that was um, an indication that God 
did not want to see the sin of the world. God the Father did not want to spend a second looking at the sin of the world. But the problem, the sin of the world is upon the body of his own son. So God the Father did not want to see. There was darkness from 12 noon to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's not just in Jerusalem. It's the whole world. We wonder, where, where did the sun go? How come it was so dark? You see, by 3 o'clock in the afternoon, perhaps still dark, the Lord Jesus Christ died. When he passed away, when he died, then brightness came back. You see, my friend, the greatest, you know, uh, thing that the Lord Jesus Christ spoke in there is when he said, Father, forgive them. Because God the Father will always honor the Son. God the Father will always honor the Son. And that forgiveness of God will supposed to be, the purpose of God to that is supposed to be for all of us to be forgiving. That you can extend forgiveness. As God has forgiven us, we can also forgive others. We can forbear. We can, we can, we can, you know, uh, be faithful. We will be the more faithful to God of what He has done, the forgiveness of our sins. Forgiveness, my friend. If we only realize how great our sin that we have done against God, you see, the forgiveness of sin is the very word that withheld God's wrath upon us. We are supposed to be punished. We have done a lot of things. But we are supposed to be punished and God did not punish us according to our sins. Now, jump to that from, from the words of Jesus Christ, Father forgive them, we will jump to the next part of His word when He said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. This is now addressed to this man. In our text here, he addressed this to this man in verse number um, 39. And one of the malefactors which were had railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. And the other answering rebuked him, saying, Does not thou fear God? See, thou art in the same condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man had nothing, had done nothing amiss. So here, the Lord Jesus Christ, in response to what this man has said, he said to this man, when he asked, Lord, for, uh, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And the Lord Jesus said, uh, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. My friend, this second word from the cross, from the Lord Jesus Christ, is a word of personal assurance. This is God's personal assurance to us. That there is even hope even for the sinners. If this sinner has hope, Therefore, we also have hope. Yeah. Because this is the picture of the greatest of sin in the society. Yeah. And I believe the sin that 
the sins that these people have done surpass all our sins here. And if these people are forgiven and God is ready to forgive them, therefore we have hope of the forgiveness also of our sins. That Amen. is why this is an assurance to all of us. My friend, that word that Jesus Christ spoke is a word of pardon. This word spoken to a man fully aware of his sin. He could not even figure out if there's anything good in him. They were hung on the cross. He realized, oh, we are here because that is just justice. You know, this is justice. This is the payment of what we have done. So he knows that. He knows it. That he needs to pay for the payment of the price of the things he has done. His sin, maybe thievery plus murder, maybe thievery plus homicide, or, 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 or he steals money, and, and if necessary, he will kill people to hide his crime. But every time he does that, it just compounded the guilt in his heart. But this is life. Sometimes people will just go along and, you know, uh, uh, just keep on going anyway. What can I do? This is my life. Uh, uh, this is how the way I live my life. That's it. I think these people, they are hardened because they, they, they think that that is their way of life. God made them in that way, so therefore they will just do it. And here, Every time he does that, I believe there's still guilt. Every sinner, every notorious criminal in this world, no matter how how um, cruel or mean they are, deep within their heart, they have that fear of God. They will just fight it back by by uh, you know numbing numbing the things of God, and they don't want to listen to God. They don't want to hear anything about God. But actually, when they are lonely, when they are alone, they will still think about their sins. They, are, they, they still think about their uh, wickedness. And God will put that in their minds and the guilt there will just overflow in their, in their head. And there's no doubt that in his mind, this man, in his life, he's finished, he's going to die, and he is on his way to hell. And in that mindset, he knows that he's going to hell, but the, even though he's going to hell, he still, think, he still thinks that in hell, he wants Jesus Christ to remember me, remember him in hell. But what happened is not the way he thinks. What happened there? Um, the Lord Jesus Christ gave him assurance while he was still alive. Assurance of the pardon of sins. And we do not know really what these people are doing. Uh, these uh, thieves. We do not know what they're doing. We do not know about their lunch. We do not even know their names. The Catholic Church they name them, but. We don't believe that because it's not in the Bible. We do not know if that, that is a real name. Or we do not know how old they are. And we do not know exactly what the, what was the crime uh, prior to their crucifixion. But there was evidence, my friend, of God's working in his life. There was evidence that God was working there. He was aware of God's knowledge of his heart. He said, and we, and we indeed, did justly. They, he realized that um, what, they are, what they are doing is wrong. He realized that. And in fact, in verse number 40, Luke chapter 23, verse 40, he became reverent, uh, uh, reverent to God. 
he has that somehow respect. Even though he's a hardened criminal, even though he has killed a lot of people because he wants their money, even though he was into that um, deep sin, still, this man, he has reverence on God. Notice verse number 40. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God? Uh, he's asking his uh, mate. Do not be so cruel. You know, we are, we are now going to face death. We are now going to face hell. And still, you have no point of remorse. Does not thou fear God, saying thou art in the same condemnation? In verse number 41, he sees himself as guilty. He admitted himself as a sinner, just like you and me. When we, when we got saved, we admitted ourselves as sinners. I, when I got saved, I, when I received Jesus Christ, I said, Lord, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. Forgive me, Lord, for my sins. Lord, come into my heart and save my soul. So we admitted ourselves, verse 41, and we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds. But this man, he had done nothing amiss. My friend, this is the word of Jesus Christ that has given us assurance of forgiveness of sins. And also, what's really a blessing here, this man is a um, sinner and, and a hardened criminal, and he prayed, and I will tell you, when he prayed, God answered his prayer. If a criminal like him, hardened, notorious, still praying to God, and God answered him, how much more if you pray? How much more if we are the ones to pray? If God listened to this criminal and answered his prayer, in fact, God gave him more than what he asked for. He only asked for remembrance. Lord, remember me. Why? Because he thinks in his mind that his notoriety, his hardened, you know, uh, uh, stance on, on crime, and his very, his very um, uh, uh, hardened criminal. And again, he asked God for remembrance. He did not ask for forgiveness because uh, there's no way I can be forgiven. In his mind, he said, uh, I, I, there's no way that there is forgiveness of sin for my sins. It's too much. It's too much for God to forgive my sins. But he asked God, Lord, remember me. He didn't say, forgive me. Because he has done, in the Catholic Church, if you have done the mortal sin, that's it, you're finished. You will go to hell. In this man, will believe in that. No, no, I'm finished. I'm going to hell. I cannot, I cannot get away with this. And he said, there's no way he can ask for forgiveness for sins, but he asked that, Lord, Remember But God answered him. It was just a simple prayer, prayer. It was just a simple prayer from a man in need. That is why when time will come also, my friend, that you are in need, God will give you answer to your prayer. Wow. I'm still alive. <laughs> Lord, remember me. Then the promise of life from the Lord. Wow, what a blessing. Um, when God said to him, 
today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Wow. That is why that is the greatest of pardon. The pardon of our sin. No matter how big your sin in the past, no matter how big your sin, the Lord will forgive you your sins. He promised forgiveness of sins. And that word of Jesus Christ is also a word that is personal. It is personal. Jesus Christ is our Savior and He is our personal Savior. Oh, how I wish I can ask the Lord Jesus for the salvation of my friend. How I wish I can ask the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of my children. I will do it. Lord, forgive my children. Lord, just, I will ask in behalf of them. How I wish that my children will be saved. And, and, and I can ask God for their salvation, but I cannot. My children, individually, each one of them, should ask God for the forgiveness of their own sins. Because Jesus Christ is a personal Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ is a Savior of mankind, but it is my personal Savior. He said in verse number 43, and Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. You see, the, the thief here, the thief on the cross, he cried out, he cried out for personal salvation. And he said to God, Lord, remember me. It's him. He's asking God for a personal forgiveness of sin. He's asking God for a personal salvation. You know, sometimes, my friend, when you come to God for personal salvation, we don't care about other people. Yeah. The Lord Jesus Christ is known to be the Savior of the world, but I don't care about it, sorry. What I know, Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. He is your personal Savior. It is his prayer of faith. He said, Lord, amazing how he said this word, where in fact, uh, this, this person never saw a miracle performed by Jesus. He was so busy with, with his stealing while Jesus Christ was performing miracles. This person never heard a sermon. And yet, at the end of all this, he called Jesus Lord. And he said, remember me. So he's expecting that this is really the Son of God. And one day, he will go back to heaven and he will rule from heaven. And he's thinking he might be in hell and he wants Jesus to remember him while he was in hell. That was his imagination maybe. Because he did not ask for forgiveness of his sins because it's too much. But he asked God to remember him. So the Lord Jesus Christ is our personal Savior. In John chapter 3, verse 36, notice this, it's a personal. He that believeth on the Son, personal, He hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. Personal. You see, 
the word of Jesus is a word of pardon. And it is a word that is personal. Number three and last, this is a word about paradise. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. We will be with the Lord Jesus in heaven when we die. That is the meaning of that. That is the simplest meaning. When we die, we will be with him in heaven. That is our home. Our eternity, my friend, in heaven is just a step away. It's just, you know, when, when we stop breathing, that's it. We will be in heaven. When our soul separates from our body, then we will be in heaven. There is no such thing as soul sleep. There is no such thing as, you know, um, unconscious state. That is not true. Salvation of our souls, not by words or religious acts. It is, you know, this person has no time to do that. He was already on the cross together with the Lord Jesus. Just waiting for the time. Six o'clock, seven o'clock in the evening. Around that time. Or six o'clock perhaps. These people, these three here, the two thieves and the Lord Jesus, all of them should die by six o'clock. Because that is their ritual. They cannot stay there um, overnight. They need they needed to be taken from the cross. So but Jesus Christ died at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And at 6 o'clock, these two malefactors still alive. So what the soldiers did? They, they uh, broke their bones. So they, they would die. So they broke the bones of this guy. He died. And he turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. I will go to the other side. Broke the bones. He died. Then they turned to Jesus Christ. Trying to break the bone. But he's already dead. So they did not break the bone of Jesus Christ. Now there, there is a there is a prophecy about that. In the Old Testament, if the Lord Jesus Christ's bones was broken, so he was not Christ. Because the prophecy about um, his bones should not be broken. Uh, it, I think it's in Psalm. Psalm 34, verse number 20. What a blessing. You know, every um, part of the um, Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled in the yep. Lord Jesus. Notice yep. verse number 20. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. If you are hung on that cross, expected that your bones will be broken. It's expected, all of them, that will be hung on the cross. Their bones will be broken. Jesus Christ was hung on the cross. Expected his bones to be broken. But there was a prophecy in the Old Testament that not one of his bones will be broken. And when the soldier turned, and he's already dead, no need to break the bone. But they burst aside and forthwith gushed out water and blood. That blood is not ordinary blood. That blood is God's blood. That is why we can be saved by the blood. Yeah. Because that blood is sinless, spotless blood of God. That is why, my friend, when he promised, 
it was a promise about paradise. We will be with the Lord Jesus in all eternity. And salvation not by words, not by religious acts, because there's no time to do that. And again, all believers will be going to a better place. This world is not our home. We are just a passing through. A mansion is laid up beyond the blue. And if you set your heart over here in this world, you know what? You are setting, you know, your heart in the wrong place. Because we cannot stay here forever. But God has prepared a place for us in John chapter 14, verse number 1 to 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will receive you unto myself. Where I am, you may be also. My friend, when Jesus Christ comes again, are you excited to meet him? Yep. Amen. Because it shows whether you are excited to serve him. If you are excited to serve him, I can tell that you are excited to see him. If you are not excited, if you are not excited to serve him now and to serve him here, you are not excited to see him. The indication is how much you love the service of the Lord Jesus Christ in the church. Because that is an indication whether you really love his appearing. And again, in conclusion, the whole story is a beautiful story. Many of us will find a reason uh, I cannot really go so really. I have no time. You know, I'm so busy. I, I do two, two or three jobs. I have main job. I have additional job here. And I'm very busy. Oh, ah, I really cannot do so many because, you know, um, I, I still am, I, I, I'm still studying. Uh, I need to uh, finish my course. I really cannot um, do so many because I'm already busy with, with uh, the ministry of the church. And plus, on top of that, uh, I have I have work. I really cannot do so willing because um, I, I don't have enough uh, resources to do that. And I do not know. I'll tell you, my friend, all our excuses may be good. Um, all our excuses may be the pastor will understand it. The church will understand it. But I don't know if the Lord Jesus Christ will understand it. That's right. Because right there at the cross, moments away from death, moments away from death, Jesus Christ still wants someone to come to himself. He was still so winning. He was still, you know, sharing the gospel and, and telling uh, people about heaven, paradise. Today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. He was the last person on earth that Jesus Christ wanted to love. But even though Jesus Christ was already hung on the cross, in all the discomfort, in all the agony on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ still wins people. That is why we will be in the bad shape when Christ will come. We are not doing well. I am not doing well. 
that is why I just I just try my best to um, to um, cover those things that I can do. But there's no excuses there. If I cannot win souls to the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no excuses. It's my fault. It is my fault. If you cannot win someone to Jesus Christ, do not blame anyone. Blame yourself. If I cannot win anyone to Jesus Christ, I cannot blame my wife. I cannot blame my children. I cannot blame, you know, because I have operation and I have a, a surgery. I cannot blame any, anything. I only blame myself. When I lie, I lie down in my bed, and um, because my activity is different now, I need to walk every day, I need to walk, and then after walking, rest, and then eat, eat, and then do exercise, and then study. And now, where is my soul winning? I'm very busy, but I cannot make that an excuse. Because um, we need to go out there, we need to, um, yep. to tell the people about the Lord Jesus. Yep. Much more with this. Yep. If there is someone that has all the reasons in the world not to go so winning, Jesus Christ was. He was already on the cross. He could not do anything. He was stuck there on that wood. He was stuck there and he still has pain in his system. He still has that agony. He still has this um, um, excruciating pain. And still he was thinking about the soul. While he was on the cross, the song says, I was on his mind. When Jesus Christ was on the cross, he's thinking of me. When we have our partying, when we have our eating, when we have our enjoyable moments, do we think of the Lord Jesus? Because when Jesus Christ was in agony, we are on his mind. When he sees us, are you excited? I will tell you, Jesus Christ is excited to see us. I hope that we also are excited to see his power spread. Our Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for um, speaking to us in that way to awaken our senses. We have a lot of excuses, Lord. We have the word of life in our hearts. We have that word, Lord, that the people need. Help us, Lord, to not to be too lazy to share it out, not to be too um, inconvenient to go out of the way so that the people may know also, Lord, help us to change our ways because I know, Lord, you, you brought this message today because you see this important to your people. And help us, Lord, we will act on it. We will respond accordingly. If that is the problem, Lord, in our Christian life, if that is the problem in my Christian life, Lord, help me to change my place. Because, Lord, your coming is very, very near. And you are excited to see us. And, Lord, deep within my heart, I am excited to see you. But I do not know if how many of my friends that I know of are not saved by them. And they are my responsibility. Because you said to me in Ezekiel, chapter 3, that when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou, that's me, a Christian, givest him that warning to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will you require at my hand. 
Lord, I do not want to see you and meet you with blood flowing from my hand. The blood of my friends, the blood of the people around me, the blood because they have not been shared with the gospel. They, they do not know salvation in Jesus Christ. That is my concern, Lord. And Lord, deep within my heart, I am excited to see you. And I pray also that the same is true and the people around our church, all of us, Lord, would love to see you. Bless, Lord, your people. And change our heart. Starting today, Lord, help us to be uh, conscious about the souls of men. Help us, Lord, to endeavor and to uh, insert an effort so that uh, we can deliver the gospel to them. Whether it is by way of sharing the gospel personally, or whether it is by way of uh, uh, giving them tracts, or whether it is by way of conducting Bible studies to them, or visitation, whatever way, Lord, or whether it is by way of prayer, whatever way, Lord, help us, that we will be soul conscious, that every person that we meet, they have souls that will be ready to be sent to hell. They have souls, Lord, that uh, will be ready uh, for Satan's disposal. But Lord, if we meet that person, help us that we can change the course of his soul by giving him the message of the gospel. Lord, help your people. And thank you, God, for this um, great time that you have given to us as a partner. Bless all of us, Lord, and help us as we go home and that we can regain our strength each one of us, Lord, um, will be able to face the days ahead with renewed uh, vigor, with renewed strength uh, that we have received throughout this week. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
thank you, Lord, for the victory, Lord, for our camp. Thank you, Lord, for being with us for three days, Lord, here since Thursday. Thank you for the passion and also for the fun and enjoyment. And also, most important thing, these nine words,